This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Haggai chapter number one, go to verse number two, and uh, worship team, we'll bring you back here in a little bit. Okay, if you were not here with us last Sunday, we released Vision Sunday, the vision for 2018-19. And our vision, maybe you caught it in the video earlier, but the vision for this next year is called All That Matters. I love this uh, phrase. I love this thought. In fact, I want to encourage you uh, to make it your own. What, what, how does this apply to your life? Because I've always believed if God is saying this to Zoe, that means God is saying this to you. All that matters. What does that look like? And for me, I was trying to articulate it last week. But all that matters, the way I see it, is that we're blind to everything else because all that matters to us is Jesus. We're not living a life of distraction, not living a life of trying to get this, that, or the other. No, remember Jesus said, seek ye first, really Him. So we're trying to live a life that says, all that matters to me is you, Jesus. All that matters to me is what matters to you. If it's a priority in your heart, it's a priority now in my heart. If it's big on your radar, then God, it's going to be big on my radar. Because all that matters, I don't need all the other stuff, all the other things, all that I need is to live for you. I want to continue on in that theme, all that matters. I'm going to take the next few weeks and I'm going to teach uh, some themes throughout the Bible that really kind of just nail this into our heart, this, this word, so we can run with the vision. Remember, the Bible says, write down the vision. Make it plain. So whoever reads the vision can run with the vision. So my job is to first, I'll just tell you as the pastor, my job is to get the vision, but to make the vision plain to you so we can all run with it together. In other words, what Zoe doesn't need is a couple hundred people running with the vision. We need a couple thousand people running with the vision. Can I get an amen? So I'm going to make it plain as day so we all understand this is what God is saying to Zoe Church. This is what God is saying in this season. This is what God is And if God is saying it to Zoe, then God is saying it to you, your family, your home, your business, your children, your teams. Felt the ghost. All that matters. Let's read this in Haggai. Watch how God emphasizes once again, He is all that matters in these people's lives. This is God speaking through a prophet. His name is Haggai, and He's talking to two people right now. He's speaking to a man named Zerubbabel and another guy named Joshua. Zerubbabel and Joshua are his audience, and Israel. These guys are leaders there. They have forsaken, once again, their God. They have put in God on the back burner, God as an afterthought, and they are so furiously busy trying to build their own lives, their own kingdom, their own brand. They're trying to build their own business, and they have neglected God once again. God loves them so much, he sends to them a messenger, a prophet, a spokesperson named Haggai, and Haggai starts... Well, let's just read together here in Haggai chapter number 1, verse number 2, reading from the message translation. Now, if you never med, read the message translation, the message translation is for people like me and you that need it broken down. Can I get a witness in the church? 
You ever read the Bible? You're like, I read 10 verses. I don't know what one said. That was awesome. I, didn't, I don't retain anything. The message breaks it down for people like Zoe. Okay. A message from God of the angel armies. The people procrastinate. They say, this isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. Shortly after that, God said more, and Haggai spoke it. How is it that it's the right time for you to live in your fine new homes while the home, God's temple, is in ruins? And then a little later, God of the angel army spoke out again. Take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. You have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, your employees, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted out bucket. That's what. That's why God, the angel of armies, says, take a good hard look at your life and think it over. Verse number 8. Then God said, Here's what I want you to do. Climb up into the hills and cut some timber, bring it down, and rebuild the temple. Do it just for me. Honor me. You've got great ambitions for yourself, but nothing has come of it. The little you have brought to my temple, I've blown it away. There was nothing to it. In other words, God says, I'll take your little sacrifice. I'm so grateful that you want to give me this little bit. I blow it away because I expect and I'm worthy of more. Somebody say amen to that. Verse 9, and why? Why did I do this? Because while you've run around, caught up, caught up, and while ta with taking care of your own houses, my home is in ruins. That's why, because of your stinginess, everybody say stinginess. Ain't nothing worse than a stingy person. Even God hates stingy people. Because of your stinginess, and so I've given you a dry summer and skimpy crop. I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills and withering gardens and orchards and stunting vegetables and fruit and nothing, not man or woman, not animal or crop is going to thrive. God is saying, I've stopped all your flourishing, all your excitement, all your crops. Why? I've stopped this because I want to get your attention. Watch what he continues on to say in verse 12. This is the last two verses. Then the governor, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtel, and the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and all the people with them. Watch this, church. This is what I want you to hear. Zoe, this is us right now. All the people with them, they listen. They really listen to the voice of their God. When God sent the prophet Haggai to them, they paid attention to him. And in listening to Haggai, they honored God. So in other words, God's got people in your life like, like pastors and connect group leaders and growth track teachers. So that when you listen to them, you're not just listening to a man, you're listening to God. They, they listen, but... Did you hear what the message said? They didn't just listen. They really listened. That's why when you come to church, don't sit back like, let's see what God has. No, lean into the word of God. Don't just listen on Sundays. Really listen on Sundays. They really listen, and in doing this, they honor God. Then Haggai, God's messenger, preached God's word to the people. And when they really listened, here's what he, Haggai had to say to them. He said, okay, now that you're listening, here's what God wants to say to you. I am with you. 
So God did all this to get the people's attention to give one message, and the message was not, you're so awful, you're so bad, I'm disgusted, turn or burn. God got the people's attention so he could remind them, I want you to know I am with you. I want to preach a message today. You can write down the title. It is the message from Haggai today to Zoe Church. Write down the title. I want to preach from God himself. I am with you. Because that's what God is saying to your life. That's what God is saying to your world. That is what God is saying to our church and to our city and to our nation and to our family. Come on, let's just clap right now and thank the Lord. God's not saying, I've forsaken you. God's not saying, I turn my back on you. God's not saying, get your life right. God is saying, I'm with you. Somebody just thank God together that the Lord is with, the Lord is in this place. Amen to that. Come on, let's pray and let's believe that God will come and speak to us today and that God will somehow provide for the Steelers and the Dolphins. God, we thank you together that you are so amazing. You are so awesome. Lord, we're mindful today that you are who you say you are, and you can do what you said you would do. Today, open up our eyes so we can see you, and open up our ears so we can hear you. We thank you that you're not a man that you would lie. Your word is true. The grass, it could wither, and the flower, it could fade, but your word will last Forever, we're building our lives on your word. We thank you for it. And God, we thank you that you are going to do, as the Lakers preseason starts this week, you are going to lead them into a perfect season, not one loss, and we'll win the NBA championship. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, come on, Laker fans, put your hands together. We got LeBron, anything is possible. Okay, perfect season, not really possible, but you know what I'm saying. We're going to playoffs. Anybody got faith for the playoffs? I'll take it, playoffs. Okay. Um, have you um, have you ever tried to, to get somebody's attention before? You ever been somewhere and you need to communicate something to somebody and you did everything within your power to get their attention? You ever, this ever happened to you? This is Disneyland with kids. Just trying to get, or you, you ever be somewhere socially and you're at a party and the party is dead. And you're like, I got to get out of here. You ever go to a party with an agreement of cold word? When I drop this cold word, we're out of here. Is it, I'm preaching to anybody today. My wife and I, when we first started dating and we got into a relationship, we, we, we made a cold word whenever we were somewhere socially. I would, all I had to say was Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman was the cold word for I got to go, okay? So we would be somewhere, and I'd just be talking to somebody that I really didn't want to talk to. Someone might need a breath mint. And I'd be like, Dennis Rodman! And she didn't get it, so I just have to get closer. Excuse me, sir, one time. Dennis Rodman! <laughs> like, I just, I got I to gotta tell you, so, I need to communicate. Last week I was in the airport, and I was walking through the airport, and, um, and I, th- I, this stood out to me. I was walking, and over the, the intercom through the airport, they said, this lady's name, they said, uh, Miss So-and-so, we have a message for you at this gate. It's an important message Please come to the gate. I thought to myself, I'm in the airport a lot. I cannot remember the last time that they actually said over this, an important message, an urgent message, please show up at this gate. 
I thought, well, that stood out to me. So I walked another five minutes, and I was making my way to my gate. And again, they said they called for this lady over the intercom, same name. Hey, so-and-so, Miss So-and-so, we, we, we need to give you an urgent message at this gate. I started to think, does she not have a cell phone? Is her cell phone off? And I started to think, what is the urgent message that they're beckoning this lady to receive? I wonder today if you could actually hear heaven over the intercom calling your name, actually saying to you, I got a message for you that I need to give to you today. I don't need to wait a week or a month or a year. I actually have something I need to say to you in the season of your life, in this moment of your life, in everything you're dealing with. Come on, God is over the intercom. Come on, on heaven's radar. He's trying to get a hold of us so he can speak something. Just love what... God is saying to, to Haggai the prophet to the nation of Israel. He's saying things like, I'm going to give you five things to write down uh, today. Write down number one. Here's the first thing that he says. It's the right time for God. The first thing that he says to, to these guys is, hold on. Let me, just, let me just ask you this. How come it's the right time for you and your house and your life, but why have you concluded it's not the right time for God? I want to... Just combat that for your thinking today and encourage you. It's the right time for you to say yes to Jesus. It's the right day for you to receive forgiveness. It's the perfect day to turn your life over to God. Today is the right day to receive freedom that only comes from Christ. Today's a perfect day to, re to receive grace and mercy and forgiveness that only comes. It's the right time for God. Most of us, we deal with any procrastinators in the house. Oh, don't act like you so spiritual. Some people are like this. Any procrastinators in the house? Like whenever I need to go to the DMV, I procrastinate for one year to two. I was talking to somebody the other day, and he was saying, I've been driving illegal for one year. I'm like, my God, what does that say about your life? But most of us, we think, I'll serve God when it's the right time. I'll get free when it's the right time. I'll start to get involved and serve at church at the right time. I'll wait. No, the, the, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, only a fool waits for perfect conditions. Today is a perfect day for you to repent. Today is a perfect day for you to forgive whoever betrayed you. Today is the right day to repent to your spouse. It's the right time for God. Somebody say Amen. Don't live with this mentality that I'll wait for tomorrow. I just want to erase that. There is no tomorrow. My Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and what will I do today? I'll be glad in it. So today's a per today's the today is the first day of the rest of your life. So why don't you just start with today? Today's the right time. It's the right time. You know, I'm getting ready for October. Hey, I don't know about you, but my diet always starts every Monday. Anybody else? Yesterday I had Shake Shack, the chicken sandwich, for the first time. We were with the kids rolling around. It's my little Mavie's birthday. We took them out for ice cream, pink berry. Being a parent's awesome because you, you order ice cream for the kids, but you eat their ice cream. It's a fantastic roll. And so I ate the ice cream. I was like, well, it's all downhill. Monday I'll start the diet. So I was like, Julia, I want the Shake Shack chicken sandwich. She looked at me. She was like, you're going to eat a chicken sandwich? I was like, it's all downhill. Monday I'll start the diet. <laughs> I have started a diet every Monday my entire life. Anybody else? Because it's always waiting for the 
was the perfect time. I just love what God's saying. How is it that it's the right time for you, but it's not the right time for me? God is answering everything right there. He is essentially saying, you've got it backwards. It's the right time for me. It's the right time for you to get involved in a connect group. It's the right time for you to go to grow track step one next week. It's the right, it's the perfect time for you to, for the first time, give tithes and offerings to God. Today's a perfect time for you to rededicate your life. Today is the perfect day. If you're a prodigal that you've left the church and left God, it's a perfect day to come home. The enemy wants you to say, wait for a perfect condition. Wait till everything's right. God says, no, today is the day. Let's just clap and declare that we're a church that says at Zoe, come on, it's the right time for God. I just love that. And then right down number two, he continues on. And it, because the gospel is a so much to show for it life. Well, write that down. The gospel is a so much to show for it life. Let me just explain the reason why I put that down. Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Watch what he says. And then a little later, God, the, the angel of armies spoke out again. Take a good hard look at your life and think it over. You have spent a lot of money but haven't much to show for it. And he continues on, and he says, you keep filling your plates, but you're always hungry. You keep drinking, but you're always thirsty. You keep putting on clothes to be warm, but you're always freezing. In other words, you don't have much to show for your life. We live in a city where people are exhausted from trying so hard and feeling so unfulfilled. You've spent so much and tried so hard, and you've got such little to show for it. Like, think about the last five years, ten years of your life. You've been going and grinding and striving. And what is there to show for it? This is what I love about Jesus. The, the gospel is a so much to show for it lifestyle. When you enter into the Jesus and you say yes to the gospel, all of a sudden, I didn't have anything to show for my life. But as soon as I say yes to God, I've got so much to show for my life. When I say, yet, yeah, this is why Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse number 10, this is Zoe's theme verse. Look here on the screen, John 10, 10, it says this, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. When you live for yourself, you spend and don't have anything to show for it. I was talking to a guy recently, and he was told me when he started to come to church, he'd sit in the back of the service, and he was starting to just kind of understand God's love, and all he had to his name was a couple thousand dollars, and he gave up his money to God, and he said, because I know God, this money, if I keep it to myself, I'm going to waste all of it on nothing. I'll have nothing to show from this money, but if I give it over to you, I'll have so much to show for it. So many of us, we live this life, it's not centered in Jesus. Because when you've got your life centered in Jesus, you've got, oh, come on, you've got a connect group to show from it. You've got the season two celebration video. That's your to show for it. When you start investing into God's work and to God's house and to God's kingdom and God's people, you've got so much to show for it. My dad, I was talking to my dad on the phone a couple days ago, and he was telling me this story. And uh, I'm going up, my dad oversees hundreds of churches in about eight different states for the denomination I grew up in. And my dad was telling me this story. He's, he's going to honor the guy that led him to the Lord. 
And the guy that led him to the Lord took a risk at Safeway. My dad was bagging groceries. He was sleeping around. He was, he was using drugs. He was addicted to alcohol. He was a mess of a kid. His parents went through a terrible divorce. And as he's in Safeway, this guy that loved Jesus invited my dad to church. He invited my dad to church. My dad got saved, and this guy started to disciple my father. And now because of this guy's invitation to my dad, all three of his kids, myself, my little sister, and little brother, we all have churches in three different cities. Come on, somebody thank God that when you say yes to Jesus, you've got so much to show for it. Come on, Zoe, anybody thankful? We have so much to show for the three years we've been going. And anybody believe that it we're just getting started and the best is yet to come? Somebody thank God today. I'm not living a life where I've got nothing to show for it. I just, I, I, I would hate for you to live a life where you're exhausted and you've got this much to show from the investment you've made on this earth. But when you give your life over to Jesus and you say yes to Jesus, you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. You can be a part and the souls that are saved and the disciples that are made and the leaders that are released and the church that is built, you can say, I'm a part of that thing. I'm, I'm not like a, 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 the biggest deal, but I'm a part owner in that thing. This is love that God is so good to us. He is saying, no, 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 don't live a life where you've, you're drinking and you're thirsty and you're hungry and you're, you're totally depleted. When you live with Jesus and you serve the Lord, you live a life that's fulfilled. You're not always empty and struggling and broken. Jesus said, I've come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. And so what did he say here? In fact, write down number three. He actually says, and this is what I'm going to say to Zoe today. He actually says, stop. And consider. He says, no, 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 I want you to pause. And I want you to evaluate. And I want you to think your life over. And I want you to think, wait, 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 hold on. If I keep going down this road, is this road going to lead me to fulfillment, peace on my pillow, the joy of the Lord, satisfaction that I really crave? Or is, so he actually says, I love this about God. God always causes you and calls you to examine your life. No one is more responsible for the life that you're living than you. It's not your parents or your pastor's job to make you healthy. It's your job to say yes to Jesus. So he says, Paul, I love this. When we come to communion, God, through Paul the apostle in the Bible, teaches us whenever you take communion and you got the little cup of juice and you got the bread, it says before you consume those two things, examine yourself to see if you're really in the faith. In other words, really look at your life and, and, and study your life and say, am I, I got to stop and I got to consider, am I, am I doing what God's asked me to do? Am I saying yes to grace? Am I experiencing the freedom that's in Christ? Am I walking in my God-given? I got to stop and consider. Because I don't want to go down a road that is fruitless and barren and filled with torment and despair and loneliness and isolation and addiction and brokenness. That is the, that is the tool of the enemy. I want to live a life of satisfaction and fulfillment and freedom and peace. Come on, anybody down to live that kind of life? So stop and consider. Am I walking with Jesus? Am I experiencing what he's promised over my life? I've got to stop and really examine. I find that I examine myself really three times in my life. Number one, I examine myself on vacations. Whenever I get away, and I, I don't know why, God speaks to me in Hawaii. Somebody say amen to that. 
I don't know why the voice of the Lord is loud in Cabo San Lucas. Can I get a what, what? Okay, so he's louder in Palm Springs than he is in L.A. Somebody say that's for the people in the back, okay? So I, whenever I get away, I can really think clearly and soberly about my life, and I can consider, am I being the parent God's called me to be? Am I being the person God's called? Am I, am I walking out what God has? So getting away. Another uh, great way to stop and consider your life is exposure. When you get exposed to greatness, you get exposed to a better way. You get exposed to somebody that's doing it. Uh, maybe it could be a, in your profession. It could be maybe someone that you're inspired by, and it always caused me to stop and consider my life when I see someone living a better life. Somebody say amen to that. So that will help me. The third thing is turbulence on an airplane. Say what? You ever been on a plane with mad turbulence? I reconsider my whole life. I, I, I'm a sinner needs Jesus right there in the moment. I'm just like, oh my God, I love you. You're the best. I, I worship only you. Here's all my money. Like I just real fast. But what is it? that allows you to, maybe it's later today, stop and consider your life. God is asking these guys, guys, this is pointless. This is fruitless. You're wasting your time. You're exhausted. Your life looks like a rusted out bucket. This is not my will. Stop and consider. Because when you live with me, write down the next point. I love this. When you live with me, you've got the wind of heaven at your back. How do I know I'm walking in truth and grace because I can feel the wind of heaven at my back? You will know that you're not living in your God-given potential and walking in truth when you feel the resistance from God. When you feel, I don't like resistance, especially when I'm in the gym. That's why I have never done leg day, not one time. Because I do not like, you ever try and work with somebody that gives you resistance? You ever be at a, at a restaurant and the waiter or waitress is resistant to your requests? Hashtag no tip. <laughs> so, and you know what? Can, can I just, God is saying here, I'm resisting your work. The telltale sign, this is not my will for your life, is just look, I have, just read here what God says to these guys. This is Old Testament, but it's encouraging me today. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 9, because while you've run around caught up with taking care of your own houses, my home is in ruins. That's why, because of your stinginess. And so I've given you what? A dry summer and a skimpy crop. I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills, withering gardens and orchards, stunning vegetables and fruit. Nothing, not man or woman, not animal or crop is going to thrive. What is God saying? I'm going to resist your work and resist your life until you repent and I get your attention and you hear my message so you can flourish with the wind of heaven at your back. I pray that you live with the unforced rhythms of grace. I pray that you live feeling a life when the wind of heaven is, your, is at your back. You just feel doors opening up for you. You feel opportunities going your way. You feel like things are happening when they shouldn't even happen. It's, it's living in Jesus. It's living in grace. It's experiencing the favor from on high. Grace, by definition, is undeserved blessing, and it's unmerited favor. And when you live at the wind of heaven at your back, you will soar to levels and heights that you never dreamt of. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I felt like telling somebody, you better just surrender your life to receive the wind of heaven 
I play golf sometimes. And, and whenever you play golf in the wind and you're playing, and sometimes when the wind is in your face, you can hit a golf ball as hard as you want. But because of that wind coming straight at it's not going to go the trajectory or the distance it should because the wind is pushing it back. Some of us are living lives. We're trying to go to another level, and you feel that resistance. All you need to do is slow down, consider your life, and let God get a hold of who you are because all that matters is not literally what you're doing. It's what God wants to do. So he says, look, look I, I, I'm, I'm actually stopping your orchards, and I'm actually messing with your crops, and I'm actually doing these things not because I don't want you to have crops and I don't want you to have vineyards and I don't want you to have fruit. It's just that I'm just trying to get your attention because there's a better way. And when I, by the way, grace makes things grow. Grace makes things grow. So when you say yes to Jesus, Jesus can grow your family. Jesus can grow your business. Jesus can grow your account. Jesus can grow your bank account. Come on, anybody thankful today that the wind of heaven, when it's at your, you'll feel it. I have lived my life in seasons where I felt the resistance from heaven to anybody else. And when I feel that resistance, I know that I know that I know I've got to get right. I've got to turn my life over to God. He's not mad at me. It's just that I'm not walking in the freedom and the truth of Jesus. And he wants me to experience the gospel. And he wants me to experience grace. And so I can try as hard. You can work. I'm telling you, you work sometimes 70 hours a week. And you'll still feel exhausted. You'll feel empty. You'll feel depleted. And you'll feel like, what is going on? The wind of heaven isn't at your back. When you yield your life to Jesus, you say, it's the right time for me to have a collision with Christ. It's the right time for me to turn away from the distractions in my world and say, all that matters to me is you. It's the right time to take God's house from being way back there and my house way up here, and I'm just going to exchange those two. It's the perfect time to do that because I know when I do that, all of a sudden I get fulfilled and satisfied, and I can sense the wind of heaven you realize today you can make decisions. The wind of heaven won't happen on Monday. It'll happen today. Can we just thank God that he's not a liar? Can we just thank God together that he is for us and not against us? Come on, let's just clap and thank Jesus. Worship team, come join me. I want you to write down the, the last thought today, number five. Lean in and listen to his message. Lean in and listen to his message. And what is the message God is saying? I am with you. So lean, God did all this, skimping crops, messing with vineyards, doing these things, just so that these guys could hear the message. Come on, I just, I wonder what this lady in the airport, when she got to the gate, I wonder what they said to her. Like in my head, I'm like, I'm just trying to think through the scenarios. Did someone in her family die? Did, did, did she lose a child? It was not for an upgrade. I guarantee when she got there for that urgent message, I'm just considering, I think that it was probably bad news. And you and I, we are scared sometimes of the voice of God because we think we're going to stand before God and God's going to say, I'm upset with you. I'm disappointed with you. How dare you? I'm, so, I'm ashamed of you. you. You're not worthy of me. No, no. God is beckoning you to his courts. He is calling you to his house. And the word he has for you that you should lean into, he's not saying I'm against you. He just wanted to get your attention to tell somebody today, I am with you. I'm with you. 
I know you thought that I was against you, but I did all these things to get your attention, to just remind you we're better together. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you favor. I'll give you grace. I'll give you anointing. I'll give you opportunity. I'll give you appointment. Come on, somebody thank God today. He is trying to get our attention to tell somebody this morning, I just want you to know I'm standing with you. Could you imagine walking with God all your life and ignoring the source of strength? Ignoring the person that could give you what you can't give yourself? Could you imagine? God told Haggai, you get these people's attention because I'm trying to tell Israel. I'm not mad at them. I'm not disappointed with them. I'm trying to point some stuff out so I can get a message to them. And the message I have to say is I am a God that is with you. This is Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's read this last scripture together. Listen to this promise from Jesus from the book of Hebrews. Chapter 13, verse 5. Anybody being encouraged by the word today? Come on, let's clap and thank God. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Love that song. Not for a minute have I been forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in my life. i got to stop and consider God. Lord, am I just exhausting myself? And will I end my life with little to show for it? Because God, help me today. I want to be a person that yields to your message, that you're with me. And together, I'll have so much to show for my life. So I just, I yield God, and I say, all that matters to me is you.